All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Win Pod Repeat, uh, where we're also on video. So not only can you catch us on everywhere that you're listening to your podcast, but you can also find us on YouTube. Let's uh, go. Win Pod Repeat, up in same the place. You know, we just figured since you know not enough we we need more people to follow us and really engage so we're just gonna put ourselves everywhere uh eventually when we start getting money billboards commercials well i mean once they see our beautiful faces you know that'll get us plenty of followers <laughs> that's so. it that's it and you know they see that we're eligible bachelors living in our one-bedroom apartments uh you know just, exactly i'm just letting everybody know you know any women. single uh Red Sox fans out there, you know, shoot me a shoot me a DM on uh, WinPod Repeat Twitter. Well, no, it's for me. Well, no, it's for me. Yeah, yeah, it's sure. fine. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh But you know, we'll talk about my dating life later. Uh, more important, we actually. Here. I well, that's you know, I like to leave people hanging for more. I also don't have an attention span. Uh, but you know, as we're recording this Tuesday, January twenty fifth, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, today Hall of Fame announcement and. You know, much anticipated uh, for Boston Red Sox fans. First year on the ballot, David Ortiz into the Hall of Fame. Into the Hall of Fame. He is just the fifth Boston Red Sox player to make it in on the first ballot. Joining Pedro Martinez, Wade Boggs, Carly Yastrzemski, and Ted Williams. That's a pretty good list. Pretty good. Great list. That's a great list. So what do you think, Spencer? Um, I think the voters... Got it right, you know. It's about damn time that they got something right. They've been keeping one of the greatest hitters of all time out of the Hall of Fame for 10 years, and they've been keeping one of the two, actually, including Schilling, of the greatest pitchers of all time um, out of the Hall of Fame. So they finally put a good player in. They kept Alex Rodriguez out. Um, so that's, like, almost equally good news is that Alex Rodriguez <laughs> didn't get in. Yep. Um, but yeah, yeah, very exciting day for Red Sox fans. Watch the video of uh, David Ortiz getting the uh, getting the call. It was very exciting. He was, yeah, he was very hyped. Him and Pedro. Yeah, which like I love, dude. I love the I love the Poppy Pedro dynamic. Um, honestly, like the fact that they haven't that broadcast networks haven't figured out to get both of those two on TV at the same time at all times. Like, where's where's Fox? Like, why is Fox not calling? you know, Pedro Martinez and saying, Hey, I know you're doing TBS and I know that you're doing MLB network, but we'll give you more money and just have it be you and David Ortiz talking. Uh, I'm in, I, I feel like there'd be a lot yeah. of non Red Sox fans that would hate it. Um, but come on, would that not be a lot of fun? I mean, it kind of sounds like the new Sunday night baseball broadcast that just has, uh, Michael K and Alex Rodriguez. I mean, it's just, yeah, as much, see, just as Homer as that is. So why not? So see, we counter. Yeah. yeah. ESPN goes Yankees and Fox goes Red Sox. I think that's yeah. fair. Why not? So two teams yeah. we care about anyway. I mean, you're, <laughs> you're not wrong. Uh, but listen, we'll, I figure we'll get into, you know, more of the hall of fame controversy later. I would, you know, we are a Red Sox podcast, so we should really just, should you know, run. reflect on David Ortiz. So, you know, yeah. just again, 77.9% of the ballot, um, which honestly, like, I, I, like it's tough because, like, obviously, like, that's a majority. But, I mean, he was sitting at 83% and we knew it was going to drop because everyone, once all the private ballots come in um, from all the cowards, you <laughs> um, you see it usually drop. Yeah, Hence, you know, you saw, you know, Clemens and Bonds drop significantly. Um, but, you know, it's good. Like you said, you know, they got it right. It's just, like, again, like, to me, 
it's it's very interesting because you know there's the whole debate about people you know i i mean one of my coworkers today was like designated hitters shouldn't get in you know if you can only play in you know 15 of 30 teams you know you shouldn't but if you're a lead at your position and and arguably you know david ortiz is the greatest designated hitter just just designated hitter ever you know there's there's nobody else that's just done that position and yeah you're on the field but like to be a full-time designated hitter, you have to be such an elite bat that they have to have you in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, and then one of the things that Jay Jaffe talked about in his profile of Ortiz was um, like all the research into the designated hitter effect and how that actually is, is a negative for like the majority of players. And so like, you know, for most players, they need to be like in the field and just like, just sitting on the bench and, and then hitting is, is actually really hard for most players and not anyone can just, can just master that. And he was, you know, besides that, he was one of the best hitters of you know his generation. So um, whether he plays a position or not, like you have to put someone that good at hitting in the hall of fame. You just have to. So, yeah. And again, you know, like we we've said over and over again, it's, it's a baseball museum. It's supposed to recognize the great, and, you know what? Like, here's the thing. Without David Ortiz, you could argue the Red Sox do not go and beat the Yankees and win the World Series in 2004. Oh, they potentially not. don't go, you know, they don't win game one of the ALCS in 2013 against the Tigers and go win that series and go win the World Series. They maybe don't they win that World Series. I mean, still not have a World Series if it wasn't for yeah, David Ortiz. Yeah, it's just like a really it, fucking good case that they wouldn't. So. Yeah, like, it changed the course because, again, you know, we, we always talk about the Dave Roberts steal, right? You know, Dave Roberts steal saves the game, you know, but it's David Ortiz that walked it off in, in game four of the ALCS. And it's David sure Ortiz did. that went and won it in game five. Uh, you know, we, we talk about, you know, a Mount Rushmore of Boston Red Sox, and he, he has to be on it. He yeah. has to be. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, all right. So I know I asked you this question earlier in the week. Uh, I have my list of top five David Ortiz moments. Uh, I don't know if you have yours. This is the other list. Didn't this, do his homework. I forgot about. <laughs> this is the list. I thought about texting you, and then I was like, nah, it's fine. He's probably got it. But it's yeah, fine. It's probably, fine. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I, you I know what? Three. I, I came up with three like on the spot, and I was like, I'll come up with the other two later. And then I was like, I don't have, I don't have two. Yeah. Like, I feel like most... My problem is most of the like great Ortiz moments happened before I was watching like all the 2004 moments and all that shit. Um, yeah. So like, if you have pre 2008 moments, then that's good because then I can I can finish it off with the the later moments. Okay. Cool. Well, I mean, I'll get because like 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 you said, like I was very lucky to like grow up in it. You know, I was, sure. you know, I was eight in New England in 2004 when they win. Uh, I remember my parents let me stay up late to watch the games because it was that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give you my top five, my definitive. Yeah, this is it. Sam Anthony's. So number five, number five on my list is just the 2013 World Series. You can't you can't pencil down in a moment because okay. he was 11 for 16. Yeah. He hit 688 with an OPS of almost two. Th- I mean, I just I remember that because that that Halloween I went as um, the Boston Red Sox a Red Sox player for Halloween and I got a fake beard because they all had the beards 
Um, nice. And uh, they won the World Series on Halloween, they I'm did. pretty sure. It was the 31st. So I just remember, like, I'm having this Halloween party. I believe it was Halloween. It was it was right around there. Because right I remember, right. like, I was riding the high. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four. Um, and, again, this is this was before your fandom. But the summer of 2006, when David Ortiz is going toe-to-toe in the home run race with Alex Rodriguez. Oh, and true. just every day home run home run home run so my number four moment is when he hit number 51 why because he passes ted williams sets the red sox record and he does it against the twins the team that didn't believe in him had no faith and just you just love it you just love it because you know like line there you go and you know i i twins fans can't even be sad because they have too much to be sad about it's just like a long list of disappointments for them yeah it's not Uh, even close to the top for them (laughs) No, uh, but it's all right. Number three, the Grand Slam in game one of the 2013 Hail CS, the bullpen cop. Yeah. The bullpen cop. Oh, it was so good. Again, I that was I think that was my favorite Red Sox World Series. Um, mm-hmm. Just because, like, 2004, I was too young to really, like, appreciate the, the greatness and the suffering because, like, I was eight, you know? Yeah. Uh, but 2013, it was like, you know, the bombing had happened. And, I mean, I remember that day vividly. And just the way that like that team went and, you know, we'll go more into that. That's, that's my number one moment. We're going to tease that because number two okay. nice. is the walk off in game four in 2004, David okay. Ortiz, that game. Oh my gosh. I mean, at least once a year, um, I go rewatch the Boston Red Sox 30 for 30, um, where they just, they break it down and every time it'll get me going. And that, so good it's so good and that's just like it just it still gives you like goosebumps i mean it's just like that's like that's why you're in sports you know because you can't make that shit up um but my number one is of course this is our fucking city great i mean just like and just like reading about it where like david ortiz like was like i didn't even realize like what i said i just like fucking blacked out and everyone's like oh my god you just (laughs) you just swore like in front of everybody but like it was just such a and it was just very like boston you know yeah and especially after like everything that happened oh and and, like for me like i mean ortiz was already like the greatest forever of all time but like Mm -hmm. that like cemented it like he could have he could have said that and just retired and i would have and I would have been like, that's it. I was like, this is, this is the greatest moment of my life. But the yeah. fact that that was like, that happened. And then they went and they, they, the team they won it with, I mean, oh, that's, that's so good. So that, that's it. Those are my top five. Um, and I'm going to go and rewatch the, this is our fucking city speech after this podcast. Nice. Yeah. That, um, that speech, I, I didn't even think of that. Like, that's a really good number one. Um, I would put the ALCS Grand Slam number one. Um, that yep. was like, that's still my favorite moment, like in watching sports. Oh yeah, um, just the ridiculous like improbability of it, like just the call from Joe Buck saying that he he never homered off of Benoit, and then it was like you just call it like, he, and then earlier that day, uh, you'll like this part. The Patriots had their own basically their own walk off because um, I remember like both teams had fucking incredible games and incredible comebacks uh hit brady hit kembrell tompkins in the end zone uh, it was great i beat the saints i'm sure you love that patriots fan that like you that. are um rip sean and, payton by the way <laughs> oh yeah true um but yeah and then it was like how's how's how are the red sox gonna top that and then Ortiz fucking did 
Um, so that's number one. Number two, um, I have his 500th home run. Um, yeah. In, in Tampa. That's a good one. Uh, Don Orsillo's yep. call of that is pretty great. Um, and number three, because they only had three. Um, is, <laughs> there we go. Is um, his his last game in uh, in October. Um, yeah. His like farewell when he was on the mound, like waving goodbye and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I remember being super sad because we were. I think we watched that together. That well, yeah, because we were we were in Cleveland like just a couple of days before that. Uh, yeah. Watching them, watching them get their we ass were, beat. We were feeling but... really good, and then we were feeling really bad. <laughs> Yeah, but like that, I mean, that I'll tell you, like, so as great. much as like, oh, yeah, because like you said, like, you know, it was like you get to go watch David Ortiz one last time and you got to go see him in a playoff game. And yeah, you know, the result wasn't great. But like you said, you know, it's just it's like it's like appreciating greatness. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think about that, you know, with the whole Tom Brady stuff going on right now is like whether you, you hate or love Tom Brady, like, you know, when you're when you're watching it and you're sitting there going, you know, what could be the end or whatever they're speculating. Uh, you know, I, I do like, I, I got to see Brady yeah, in person me a little once. Lately. I know, man. Uh, I'm not I, gonna like, lie. I uh, saw Schefter's report over the weekend and I, yeah. I was like, oh, he'll retire if he wins the Super Bowl. So like, that's fine. I'll be happy either way. Yeah. They'll have won the Super Bowl and like, it's fine. And then yeah. they lost and I was like, okay, so it's not a big deal. And then like today he came out and he was like, yeah, I'm thinking about it. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Yeah, it really sounds like it's coming down to like the family stuff, uh, yeah. which like I guess like, like fucking retire. Yeah, like you you said like five years ago, like one more year. Like I feel like yeah. that happens every offseason. He's like one more, it's fine. Like yeah. I I signed a contract, like I have to play. Uh, I think it's gonna be really yeah. hard for him to to walk away. But I feel oh like, dude, yeah. I feel like it's getting easier. Like I like he's never contemplated it really before. No. Um, it was just and the media I feel like he's just kind of gotten to the point where it's like, I can put up 5,000 passing yards and 40 touchdowns every year and get to the division round of the playoffs, and then who knows what happens. But um, Yeah, I mean, like, I, like, someone did have a good point. I was watching First Things First on um, Fox on Monday, and, um, you know, the, the point they were making was, you know, how many guys, can, like, no offense, but, like, look at Ben Roethlisberger the last two years where he was just broken. And, yeah. you know, it's like, please just retire. It's like... Tom Brady could retire leading the league in passing yards, potentially winning the MVP. Like people will never know a bad Tom Brady year. No. Like the only bad year was when he tore his ACL and didn't play. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and just like, to me, it's like, that's pretty great. And to do it, you know, Tate 44. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, I don't know. And he's got nothing left to prove. He hasn't had anything to, I mean, especially after last year. You yeah. Know, uh -huh. mm -hmm. he, he really should have just walked it off after last year. Um, yeah. But, like, honestly, it was fun to see him have one more. Oh, yeah. Just wild fucking comeback. And, yeah. Um, and I, like, I, just, I, I wish you know, I could have seen I, your I, face during that comeback. That's just what I wish I could have seen. <laughs> oh, God. I, you know what? It I was like, I'm feeling so great. Nervous. When, no, it was when, uh, when Cam Akers fumbled the ball the second time. Uh, and they were at the, you know, the 20 with a minute left and could, I was like, I, I was like, I went and I grabbed, uh, my scotch and I poured myself just <laughs> a fat fucking glass. And I was like, if Tom That's Brady amazing. wins this game, we're getting drunk. We're getting oh, absolutely shit. You would get plastered if you won that game. Yeah. And like, I would have been alone in my apartment. At least yeah. when I got drunk last year, when they won, I was at like a party. So like, it was like semi acceptable, except that yeah. I was belligerent. Uh, <laughs> No, uh, really? but, you know, 
No, yeah, you know what? It's fine. It's a delete all the text messages I sent anyone on that night. Uh, that yeah. was like an all time. That was brutal. That was not good. Yeah. But uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on. We're gonna keep talking about David Ortiz. Uh, yeah. So I did I give you another homework assignment, mm-hmm. uh, which was uh, your Boston Red Sox Mount Rushmore. Yeah, and you did achieve that homework assignment. I did. So why don't you yeah. give us the Mount Rushmore? Mount Rushmore is uh, Yaz Carlos Ostromsky. Uh, Ted Williams, greatest hitter of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, David Ortiz. Yep. And Pedro Martinez. I mean, greatest. Pitcher I can't of all argue. Time. I I I cannot argue with that list. Like I no. feel like I gave you that homework assignment and you like gave it back to me and I was like, yeah, I was like, there's really like, like I get like I know we were talking about Wade Boggs because he's the other first ballot Hall of Famer and and he was great. But mm-hmm. I just think about, like, significance to, you know, each era and what they meant. And, yeah. you know, as great as Boggs was, you know, Pedro, first off, Pedro's run between him and Randy Johnson during that era of just absolute dominance, Roger Clemens in there, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was just some incredible pitching. Yeah, um, like pitching pitching lines that you'll never see again. No, like, I mean, just, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Like maybe if Jacob Degrom could make it through like two months, then he could yeah, put up I, similar I, numbers. But he gets hurt after. He months, just so. he, well, yeah, because he throws a hundred miles an hour every time. Like just take a little off the ball, take a little off the ball, yeah. and maybe you wouldn't hurt yourself. Just a little. Uh, just a t- just a smidge. Like you can throw ninety eight, that's fine. But like when yeah. you're trying to like set the ball on fire every time you throw it, yeah, I don't know. Um, but I love it. Um, and like you said, like you know, you talk about Pedro. You know, Pedro was you know, uh, uh, like heart and soul of the Red Sox when they went and won in 2004. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, he wasn't what he was, you know, previously, but no. I mean, he pitched some great fucking, like when it, I love that you sent me that tweet from him. He's like, yeah, remember when I strike out 17 Yankees? I'm like, I love yeah, it. I, I love, love when he's it. just hyping himself up. Like, it, it's like that, that meme where it's like no one. It's like Pedro Martinez. Hey, remember when I struck out 17? <laughs> yeah, we're in the lockout. He's just yeah, like, hey, guys, Joe, I think it's baseball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you know, again, I think when I working at MLB Network, one of my favorite things was just like Pedro Martinez would just come over and he would just be like fired up about something. Like uh, it was back in 19 when, uh, when Ke- Craig Kimbrell uh, blew up multiple times to cost the, uh, what was it, the Cubs a playoff spot. Um, when was cost, right? Yeah, it was the Cup 2019. Remember when he like went oh, half yeah, the yeah, year without? Bad. Yeah, and it was just so funny because like he just comes out and he's just like, yeah, man. He's like, doesn't have it anymore, man. He's just like, he's like, watch him. He's like, he used to paint the corners. He doesn't paint the corners anymore. And I'm like, yeah, man. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you should have been but... like, hey, Pedro, remember when you stopped painting the corners? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 never. I could never do it. I'd be like, no. Oh. That's by the way, that's my only regret about no longer working at MLB network is that uh, they bring in the hall of famers every year to MLB network. And I'm not going to be there for David Ortiz. Oof, that's, that's tough. I know. but they also might I never mean, bring him in because we might, might never have baseball this year. I mean, that's, you know, that is, that is in fact fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> brutal. Um, but yeah, I mean, all right. I agree with your Mount Rushmore. My next question for you, and I didn't, I thought of this right before we started podcasting, but I figured this would be a good question. Okay. Um, if you could give me one word 
to describe David Ortiz? What would it be? Clutch. See, all right, and that's that's a good word. That was the first word I See, had. And it's funny that I say that because I just had a conversation with someone the other day saying that clutch isn't a thing. Uh, and that that's like not a, I don't know. I guess it depends on your definition of clutch, whether it's a thing yes. or not. Um, my, like I've heard different people describe it. Um, and my definition of it is like, you're already really good and you just don't stop being really good when you get yes. into those situations. Like that's yes. what clutch is. It's not getting yeah. better in clutch situations. Like a clutch situation, that's a thing. Like, you know, yeah. that's a, that's a, you, you can't argue whether that's a thing or not, but a clutch player, that's what you can argue. And I think that that's not, you know, something that's in your genes or something like that. It's just, you keep your high level of play in the yeah. clutch moments so see um, like this is this is what i think clutches because i agree with that and i'm just gonna like to add on to that like th i think about guys like david ortiz and i think about guys like tom brady and i think what they do better than anyone else in their sport in the game is they prepare like i remember like reading david ortiz's autobiography and he basically said like during the playoffs like he like couldn't sleep he would stay up and just watch tape on pitchers. And mm. during these big moments, he knew what pitch he was looking for. He's like, I'm just waiting for you to make a mistake. Mm. Like when he walked it off in game five, he fouled off six pitches in that AB. He was just waiting for the fastball. He was waiting yeah. for his pitch. And I think about Tom Brady. I mean, before the Super Bowl last year, you know, he you know, his wife and his kids left the house. He was alone for two weeks, just locked in on the Super Bowl. And you could tell because they went out there and they smoked the shit out of the Chiefs. Like, I yeah. think guys, you know, I think they just want it more than anybody else. And they want to be in those moments. There's some people that don't want to be in those moments. Like, I think a guy That's like true. Alex Rodriguez never wanted to be in those moments. He liked the pomp and circumstance. He liked people talking about him. But when you wanted him up there in that moment, he shied away from the big moment, never stepped up. That's fair. I, I just, I think that makes a difference, you know, and, and I, you know, as much as I hate to harp on Tom Brady, I've read a lot on Tom Brady. You know, the reason that Bill Belichick liked him when he was at Michigan was he was like, the dude wins. Like, I don't care what you say about his makeup or his build or his physical, you know, how he's built looks like a dad. Like <laughs> the dude, the dude wins, he wins ball games. And yeah. You know, like, I just think about a guy like Ortiz, and I think, you know, when Pedro went and pitched him to, you know, to the Red Sox, you know, that was kind of it. He's like, listen, like, this is a guy that wants to be here and that wants to put in the work. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. I think they both and, just have, like, you know, that constant belief in themselves um, yeah. and in their team that they're going to win, and you have to, you have to, you know, end the game itself. Like, you have to yes. call it in order for mm -hmm. them to accept that it's over. Um, yeah. Uh, otherwise, they're going to continually think that they're going to win and, and do everything that they can to do that. Um, yeah. And not everybody has that mindset. Like, I think, you know, someone like me has more of a logical mindset. And when I see that it's 27 to three, I'm like, yeah, I, that, let's call it a day guys. Turn off the TV. Yeah. It's just not our day. Um, yeah. So, yeah. No, it's, uh, I mean, it's fun. I, you know, and, and it's, you know, it's so interesting. Cause I always think like sports in general, yeah, I, I think 
sports are a really great analogy, but I do think at some point, if you take it, you know, obviously if you take it too literally, like you're going to, you know, drive yourself crazy because, you know, these are, these are unique individuals and these are individuals with, with gifts, you know, David Ortiz is a guy that, you know, as much as he's a clutch hitter and he worked really hard, you know, he was also built to be a baseball player. And so, you know, when, when everyone's sitting there telling you, you know, like, no offense, I'm five foot nine and like, I have short little arms, (laughs) uh, (laughs) <laughs> you know, I was never going to be an athlete and that's fine. So you know? what do you mean? You just didn't try hard enough. <laughs> I was it. I just, I didn't want it enough. You, you know, that was just enough. That was it. You know, I just, ball was not life. Yep. That was, yeah, fuck. I'm just making excuses. You're right. Yep. That's, I'm, this is why I have a podcast that, you know, nobody listens to. It's exactly. Um, we'll get but there. okay. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, we will get there. Um, so my next question to, you know, continue this discussion, this David Ortiz, you know, homage, uh, you know, homage, does this change pe- people's view of, thank you. Uh, <laughs> does it change people's view of the designated hitter position? Cause obviously that is a big discussion, you know, guys like Edgar Martinez, you know, got in a little later because basically, you know, people were kind of like, eh, I'm the designated hitter, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, I think you have to find the guy that, that really takes to it well. Um, I think the, the designated hitter effect, as I was saying earlier, is still, is still definitely a thing. And for most players, they hit worse when they're the designated hitter. So, um, you have to find a psychopath basically is, is kind of what it takes you have to find a JD Martinez who just watches a video all the time and all he cares about is yep. hitting, um, or you know David Ortiz who's who's similar in the same way. Um, Nelson Cruz uh, comes to mind, um, but you can't just take any fat guy who can't play defense and put him at the DH and assume that he's going to hit bombs. Like you just it doesn't work that way. I don't think. Um, no, there's certain guys that handle it well, so. I don't know if there's 30 of those guys, you know, that, that are, there's one for every team that, that there's going to be enough supply for that demand. I guess we'll see. we're going to have hopefully 15 more chances to experiment with that um, next season. Yeah. If, so that'll be, that that'll out. be the interesting thing to me about, you know, the universal DH, which I mean, it's going to happen. That's like the least crazy oh, thing yeah. about the lockout. We know that's going to happen. Um, but it's interesting because, like, obviously, like, the way the league's trending, you know, with players like Shohei Otani, and obviously that's an anomaly, but there's more value in guys that can do a lot of things. So, you know, if you're a GM, you know, there are going to be times where maybe you don't go and get a guy that's just a great hitter out of, you know, fear of, you know, limiting your lineup, limiting your bench, you know, mm-hmm. that there's going to be GMs that view the DH position as a, you know, hey, you know, we'll get a good bat in the lineup and we need to give a guy a day off, you know, on defense. Yeah. Um, so I think, and obviously, you know, if you get a guy like an Ortiz, like that changes, you know, I think, yeah. but I, you know, like you said, I, there's, there's few and far between guys, I, you know, like you said, you know, JD is probably the guy that comes to mind and mm-hmm. Nelson Cruz, you know, he's, he's a DH now, but that's more of because of his age rather than, sure. you know, his ability. Yeah. He but still like, also well, he's but... still like maintained his ability to hit that well, you know, as a DH, oh, yeah. which is a yeah. credit to him. Um, yeah. but yeah, I think like you said, a lot of teams, I think are still going to view it as 
an opportunity to keep guys fresh, rotate guys yeah. through, um, have, you know, a, an extra place to put a bench bat um, kind of thing. Um, and I think, you know, it's going to be special cases where you have one guy that you give that role to. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, it's, and it's the same, like when you talk about like hall of famers that get in as a designated hitter, it's the same thing as like being, it's similar. I won't say it's the same. It's similar to being a reliever where, you know, you're not going to get as many people to get into the hall of fame. You have to be really elite at that position. I mean, you have hundred percent. I mean, you know, David Ortiz hit over 500 home runs. Obviously he's an elite hitter. You mm-hmm. can't argue that. Um, yeah. And I ju- it is funny to me, the people that, that do argue that. But like you said, like there is the challenge in only hitting. You know, you're going to come up, you have three, potentially four opportunities every game to be productive for your team. Yeah, and that's exactly. that's really it. Yeah. And, you know, you have to make those count. And so that's, you know, that's, that's, that's what's wild about it, man. Yeah. I don't know. Like, so my next question, my next thought about you know the red sox is oh, I was, i'm looking i'm looking We're ahead prepared. um yeah we did come prepared thank you uh i don't know how i came prepared it was very busy at work but uh so who's the next boston red sox player that gets into the hall of fame like mm, devers the like that's the thing is like so the only Hill. person yeah um because like a guy who's i think borderline but i think ultimately won't get in just because of how the career ended is Pedroia. I, I just, it's so. Yeah, he's not going to get in. Like I, I was looking would, at his, not. I was looking at his numbers. And what kills me is that if he hadn't gotten injured, I think he would be a Hall of Famer. I think he mm. would have produced enough numbers over time. Um, oh, yeah. But I just like, he's at 51.7 war. So I was looking, that's among second baseman, that's, that's 19th all time. And now everyone above him, is almost everyone above him, I will say, is currently a Hall of Famer. So, not like, Jeff not Jeff Kent. Uh, Ian Kinsler's above him. So, if that tells you about, you know, I mean, you know, yeah, I don't think Ian, Ian Kinsler was, in was fine, but not a Hall of Famer. Um, but yeah, Joe Gordon at 55.8 war. Uh, Billy Herman at 57.4. Uh, the next one, you'll know, Jackie Robinson, 63.9 war, but he's in the Hall of Fame for a plethora of also other reasons. Um, also, yeah. like, let's look at war per, because he had a, a shorter career. He averaged 7.3 war a season um, mm-hmm. compared to Pedroia, who averaged, I mean, Pedroia averaged 5.6 war per 162, um, which, let's see where that ranks. Hold on, we'll, we'll do some, that puts him 15th, 15th. Uh, so, oh no, I'm not doing quick math. Don't worry. This is just in front of a spreadsheet. Um, <laughs> I I wish I could do math that fast. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think you're right. I think the next Red Sox player to get in the Hall of Fame is probably, I would say Chris Sale. I think that's fair. Um, well, I mean, there is one guy who's definitely getting in, but he's not going to be wearing a Red Sox hat. And that makes me sad. Yeah. All right, P. Mookie Betts. That's just like, I saw it, like, because I was looking at the same thing. So, like, I went on baseball reference, and, like, the first thing I was like, let's just look up, like, most war by Red Sox players all time. And, like, Mookie pops up on that list. And I'm like, oh, my God. He was so good. He yep. was so good. Oh. And, like, what's crazy is that, like, he was such a key part in 2018. And I feel like by the time his career's done, it's, like, there's going to be like a whole generation of fans that doesn't really even, don't even think know of Mookie Betts. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's just. It's tough. It's like people who don't tough. remember Albert Pujols as a Cardinal, you know? Yeah. Oh, my. Ooh, that's true. <laughs> I think, wow. Imagine. That's crazy, actually. Honestly, like, because that was fun. I, I love vintage Albert Pujols was, I mean, fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, so sad to those Cardinals fans uh, that, you know, only know, you know, this era of like, you know, Albert Pujols being bad on the Angels and like, yeah, they're still competitive, but not the same, not the same. No. Um, but I digress. Okay, we've done enough Red Sox conversation. We actually got 30 whole minutes of just straight Red Sox. Um, so it's we'll wrap it up this time of year. with, yeah, hey, man, you know, we got we. We don't. We won't have a lot of news for a while. So this is the most Red Sox heavy That's podcast we we're gonna get. get. It out while we can. We had to get it out, um, but it is important, and I feel like it is actually probably the greater discussion than Ortiz getting in is that Bonds and Clemens and Schilling did not get in, mm-hmm. um, and you know I think you said it best to me, where it's like you're gonna tell me that the you know one of the greatest, if not the greatest hitter ever, is not in the museum dedicated to the greatest in all of baseball. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I mean, and, it's, yeah, go ahead. You know, it's just like, I'm sick of the like pick and choose, you know, who we're going to get mad about, about the steroids era, because it's just so fucking hypocritical. If we're going to, you know, I mean, and again, I'm a big Ortiz guy, and I, you know, I, I know that his steroids case is a lot looser than these guys. But again, like, are you really gonna pick and choose that? You, you know, and it just like the different, the big difference between David Ortiz and Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds was that the media loved David Ortiz. You know, David Ortiz was a fun guy. He was loved by the media. He was loved by Boston. Whereas, yeah. like, you know, Barry Bonds never really had a great relationship with the media. Roger Clemens, you know, he was a volatile personality. You know, he was known for throwing at people. He was fucking pissed off at you. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point. And, you know, he, he bounced around. I mean, that's the other difference with Roger Clemens is, you know, he ended up a lot of different places. Whereas, like, and to me, it just, like, it, it does feel like, you know, the unbiased media, that there's a, there's a bias. And that's, it just, oh, absolutely. it's bad. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, Buster only, uh, you know, he was having a a podcast about the Hall of Fame and he was just saying how, you know, during that time, everyone was kind of complicit in allowing the steroid era to happen. Um, And that includes the writers who, you know, had suspicions and had, you know, information being given to them about what was going on. And they ignored it because, you know, the home run race was awesome and they needed to, like, the sport needed to recover from the 94-95 strike. And they chose not to pursue those stories and pursue that, you know, kind of journalism and investigation. So um, for those people to be the ones that are now keeping these guys out is, is like you said, it's hypocritical and it's pretty bullshit. So, yeah, it's... You know, it's unfortunate, but it'll be interesting to see if these, you know, era committees uh, get these guys in. Um, and I, I don't really know who's all on these committees. I know it's some players and historians and stuff like that. I, I don't know if that kind of committee is more likely to get these guys in or not. But yeah, um, 
I'd, I'd like to think that, you know, especially with, you know, the era of steroids, I'm, I, I, to me, it feels like, you know, with history, like when you get further away, you kind of, you know, the controversy fades a little bit and you kind of just look at, you know, I, I mean, I think about a dude like Pete Rose, if Pete Rose had just kept his mouth shut and maybe said, sorry, that I bet on my own team. Literally, uh, he apologized one time. He, he'd be in the Hall of Fame. He'd be reinstated into baseball. He'd be in the Hall of Fame. Because yeah. he was an incredible... I mean, he was the greatest hitter ever. Yeah, like, if he wasn't I mean, a stubborn um, asshole, he would be in all Yeah. Time. Which, like, unfortunately it's was also like, he's his, a gambler, his personality. He's a stubborn asshole. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, that's literally it. Like, he just can't, like, he, he has too much ego to say that he was wrong. That yeah. was it. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with, like... I mean, it's not the same. It's different. But, like, with Kurt Schilling, if he just kept his fucking mouth shut for, like, a year, like, he also probably would have been in the Hall of Fame. Um, Definitely. But... Uh, you know, it's just like, is after you retire, shut the fuck up. No, nah, like for real, like, you know what? Listen, uh, social media, stay off of it. Why, yeah. why do you need, you, you know, why do you need to tweet? Your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. You know, just like tweet pictures of like a puppy or something. I don't know. Like get a dog, you know, like go on yeah. cool vacations. I don't know. Why do we have to? Yeah, I'm, I'm done. That's my rant. That's <laughs> it. I'm over it. But right. I, yeah, I do think that eventually that they will, um, get into the hall of fame. What sucks is that. You know, I feel like when you get in later, you know, there's less people that are really going to, you know, appreciate it. You know, I look at some of the guys that are getting in in this veterans committee now, and it's exciting because, you know, there's guys where, like, the wrong has been righted. What makes me sad is the people that, you know, are dead by the time they get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And you're just like, you know, you just, you know, I can't feel that bad because obviously, like, they got to go live, have a really great career. And, you know, I mean, look at a guy like, like Barry Bonds, you know, okay, he didn't get in the Hall of Fame, you know. He's still the greatest home run hitter ever. He, yeah. you know, created, instilled fear in every fucking pitcher that faced him. I mean, he got intentionally walked with the fucking bases loaded. Uh, I, you know, to me, if I'm Barry Bonds, fuck the Hall of Fame. I don't need that. You know, I, I've proved to anyone that gives a shit that I was the best fucking hitter there ever was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anyone who has either watched Barry Bonds or or has looked at his stats knows how good he was like we don't necessarily need him to be you know have a plaque for us to know how good he was and that's exactly what a lot of people have said throughout this process is you know is the hall of fame something we really even need uh but you know at the end of the day i think it it, it's shown that a lot of people do care you know about the hall of fame um even if it's not super necessary so it's it's not going away no. And, and, you know, it's interesting because it's definitely a double-edged sword because obviously having, like, debate like this is, is great for baseball. I mean, oh, yeah. it's probably the only time where, like, if you're tuning into ESPN and, the you know, if you're in the NFL or the NBA, like, they're getting coverage all offseason because people are way more invested in those sports. Baseball in the offseason, yeah. not a lick of coverage. This is something that you're actually seeing in national media outlets, which is which is you know, it's good for the sport of baseball, but it's also bad because it's promoting what's, you know, bad about the sport, which is that, you know, they're pretentious about who they let into their precious hall. Yeah. Well, the Hall of Fame it definitely subscribes to the theory of any press is good press. So Yes, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's definitely I mean, you know, they, they did a full they did a full, you know, announcement last year to announce that nobody got into the Hall of Fame, which was my yeah, favorite thing. Classic. You yeah. know. Brian Kenny's in Cooperstown. They're teasing it. Who's going to get in? Who's not going to get in? And they're like, nobody's going to get in. And you're just like, well, what fuck. What the fuck was the point of this? Yeah. 
I mean, the best part of that day was Kurt Schilling writing the letter saying, you know, he didn't want to be considered anymore, which is, yeah. by the way, I love that, like, 58% of people were like, yeah, I'm still voting for you. Whatever. Fuck it, man. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, <laughs> got I, my like, I don't, I don't really give a shit, but, like, if I did, if I, if I hated Kurt Schilling, then I would vote for him just to spite him and be like, well, fuck you. Oh, yeah. Now I want you Give your speech, asshole. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, oh, man. I mean... It's interesting. I think about, you know, this discussion comes up every year, obviously, with this. But, you know, does it change? Like you said, you know, it almost makes you not care about who gets into the Hall of Fame every year because Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like there are guys that absolutely. If there were guys that were like borderline that don't get in and you're like, okay, like I can see where there's the debate. Maybe I, you know, viewed him in a different lens. But when the guy that's hit more home runs than anyone else in baseball history doesn't get into the Hall of Fame, uh, you're just like... It's a tough look. It's just, it's, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but, I mean, just go on Twitter and see everyone losing their minds. Um, but it no, does feel I, like I collectively... It's a terrible time. It really... I was, What's crazy is that, you know, it feels like it's a it's a controversy with, like, the writers... But with people that are like really invested in baseball, you know, like the consensus really is that Barry Bond should be a Hall of Famer. You know, I feel like that's yeah. I mean, I know that, you know, if you had asked me five, ten years ago before I really like understood, you know, that and you just kind of were like, well, Barry Bonds did steroids. But you're like, yeah, because that like never kind of impressed upon you like as a kid, I think. Yep. You know, for our. Oh, absolutely. Our age is like you get told that Barry Bonds cheated. And so you just kind of like grow up with believing that. And I never saw Barry Bonds play. Like he retired no. in 07. Um, yeah. So, you know, that all, all I knew about him was that he like hit bombs. Did and steroids. Hit steroids. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it took me a while to do my own research and, and kind of, you know, find out more about the era and all. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's all I implore to anyone that listens to this podcast is if you still don't believe Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame, uh, do research on his career, do research on his steroid allegations, um, because, again, it's just something that while, you know, many people assumed was never explicitly proven, you know, beyond, you know, the speculation, the reports, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, And to me, like. I don't know if you can, you know, and like you said, like when it was an entire era, how can you pick and choose which guys get in and which guys don't? Yep. That's good, so. good advice in general for our listeners. Um, just do your own research and listen to us. And please, like, and like, and please, like this is going to be my one soapbox, like read actual sources for the love of God. Like, don't just like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't, if I no, tell no, you something, just like, just, don't just, just listen to Joe Rogan. Like, that's all you need. Ah, there we go, Joe. Yep, that's that's where you know the official oh, podcast of our good friend, yeah, Will Camilleri. He only listens to Joe Rogan. He can tell you um, where to where get he... immunized. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna drink bleach. Listen, uh, that's gonna that's gonna do it. Um, but all right, we're gonna <laughs> moving on. I'm gonna transition from the bleach comment to uh, a lockout update because I figure we should at least end with the fact that there was lockout news today and yesterday. Two days in a row of yeah. lock. I mean, there was, I, you know. So, you know, just to just to recap it for our listeners that maybe aren't following, um, they met for the both sides, the MLBPA and MLB, met for two hours on Monday. Um, the union 
countered MLB's proposal from two weeks ago. Um, and the one concession that was noted was that they're no longer seeking to tie free agency to player age, which was something that the, the PA wanted because, you know, they're obviously guys that are in arbitration in like their thirties because, you know, they didn't get to start racking up that service time until later in their careers. Um, so it, you know, limits their payday, but obviously they couldn't do that. Um, they met again on or today on Tuesday um, and MLB did make a counter proposal of their own. They came right back. This one wasn't as in depth as their original proposal from two weeks ago, um, but just some of the highlights. Um, they did agree to put together a um, bonus pool for players in their pre-arb years um, that and give and to give bonuses to players in the top thirty in WAR, which I think is great. I think you know that's a that's a good way. They're still deciding on uh, how much money should be in the pool. And to know how yeah. far off they were, um, ML the Players Association proposed a pool of $105 million, whereas the MLB proposed a pool of $10 million. That's um, great. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, wow. I was like, progress, but like not progress. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, the other thing is, is that um, one of the negotiations also to raise the MLB minimum salary, um, I believe it was to $615,000. Um, and they also, and that's just for, I'm sorry, that's for, uh, zero to one years of service time. And it's like 700,000 for one to two and upward and so on and so on. Um, mm -hmm. that's also still being decided upon. Um, the current minimum I believe is $575,000. Um, and yeah, the other thing that happened was that MLB dropped its proposed changes to the arbitration system, which was their, you know, war based system just to have a basically, you know, stats determine the value which mm -hmm. I can understand why players, you know, wouldn't want that because they have no chance to actually present their case as to why they should get more money. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, um, that's, that's kind of the recap. Yeah. It seemed like the players, from what I said, I didn't, I didn't read that much, but um, it seems like their two main things are trying to get to arbitration earlier and raise the CBT threshold. Like that's their two yeah. big things to try to, you know, increase their share of the, share the revenue piece of the pie, whatever. Yeah. Which is um, fair. That's what you want. You're, I mean, that's what the debate's about. I, yeah, I think both of those are reasonable, you know, Yeah. Um, and are, you know, not that big of concessions for MLB to make. Um, yeah. And I think I've heard, you know, a lot of opinions saying, like, the owners in this uh, in this stage, they, they can afford to give up a little bit more than they have in the past because they've had it so good lately that, you know, maybe this is the time for them to concede a little bit more in order to get a good deal done and, and satisfy the players and make them, you know, feel better, feel like they won something. Uh, I feel like at the end of the day, they're probably going to have to pick one of those two things, yes. either raise the CBT threshold or uh, get to arbitration sooner. And I have a feeling that they're going to end up scrapping the arbitration part and just hope to raise the yeah. CBT threshold because that's been done before and and it's natural to to raise that with inflation and stuff like that but yeah um yeah it's uh it's a little bit of progress yeah i but again we're i mean we're in january so it's yeah. one of those where it's like you know call me when we're approaching march then i'll yeah. start to be worried um yeah, it's but than that's for sure I do want to say before we wrap up my absolute favorite uh, little nugget of information that was in the athletic today um, was that uh, there was a group of owners 
most notably, um, the Colorado Rockies owner, you know, <laughs> top tier organization in Colorado. Uh, the owners were complaining of the challenges of affording to own a baseball team. <laughs> then don't own one. You can just sell it. <laughs> also, don't be the fucking Rockies. <laughs> like, I was just don't like, run your organization like idiots. <laughs> yeah, I like, uh, I just was guy. like. I was like, I mean, listen, you can sell your team. You know how many people want to go buy a sports team? Like, that's such a flashy purchase, you know? I mean, look at fucking yeah. Steve Cohen out here throwing out his cash. Obviously, you know, Colorado's not as flashy as the Mets, but God, come on. Well, I have billions of dollars and I own a baseball team. It's hard for me. Yeah, like, fuck you. <laughs> like, fuck you. Like, seriously, like. You know, I mean, bro, we shop at fucking Aldi, bro. I love it. I buy bread for 69 cents. Don't tell, don't, I don't want to fucking, I don't want to hear it. I do love Aldi, but you know what I, you know what I'd love? I'd love to not have to care about how much my groceries cost. And that's, that's what the owners of these fucking baseball teams don't have to care about. You know, I could have a billion dollars and I would still shop at Aldi. They re- and you know what? Man of the people. We respect that. All right. We respect that. Uh, <laughs> They'd be like, oh, my God, is that is that billionaire Spencer Wellington? And you just, like, have your cart with your quarter in it. You'd be like, that's right. I'm going to get this fucking quarterback when I'm done. Day for me. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Yeah, you're really – all right. So I feel like that defeats the purpose of, you know, really saving money no, if you're no, going to no, pay fine. someone to go get it. No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's fine. All right. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, on that note, uh, you know – Spencer, uh, I'm glad that, you know, one day you're going to have servants to go do your Aldi shopping for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's kind of my destiny. Like my last name is Wellington. Yeah. So that's what they say. That is, I mean, that is like, you know, the first impression that everyone at college had when you first, you know, fucking showed up. Yeah. Uh, so, well, there we go. So that's good. All right. Well, Spencer's destiny is complete. David Ortiz is no, a Hall of yet. Famer. And well, destiny, sorry. It's the, the prophecy is yet to be fulfilled. But yes. it, it will be. It will be f- fulfilled. Um, just remember me when, you, when you're a billionaire, okay? Just remember okay, me. But you're getting everything you want. Remember you said that. That's it. That's the plan. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a prophecy, yeah. like you said. You know? So we're uh, my, my, Yeah, so we'll be good. All right, cool. We can have uh, mansions next to each other. Sounds good. And we can you know, go over and podcast. But all right. Uh, we'll discuss our plans to go to Cooperstown eventually. Yep. Um. And, you know, tune in whenever we whenever we podcast next, folks. Uh, and again, you know, catch us on social media, catch us everywhere you listen to your podcast, catch us on YouTube now. Um, we're going to be we're just going to we're going global. That's it. Oh, yeah. Get us out there. All right. One more round. Of there we go. For David Ortiz. That's it. All right, folks. We'll see you next week.